Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, And we got our 53-man roster prediction episode of the offseason. Even though it's not a full-on prediction, it's kind of like a mix of what we would do, but also some realistic like stuff in there. Like, like we're both going to keep three quarterbacks, but I think both of us have like a, you know, two QB philosophy, but the Davis Webb dynamic changes it, you know, so we're not going to go nuts, but it's it's more what we would do than our actual prediction of what will happen. Justin, how you doing? Uh, and are you pumped for North Carolina? Yes, pumped for North Carolina this Friday at Charlotte Motor Speedway. When we say North Carolina, that is where we are going to be, Charlotte Motor Speedway. I think it's going to rain in the morning. Hopefully the rain kind of tampers off in the afternoon um, and it towards will. the evening. We'll have a lot of time to kind of get our tickets, get all together, record a nice little show. So I'm very, very excited for that. Going to wake up very, very early Friday morning. My buddy Boker and I, uh, we're going to drive down. He's a Cowboy fan, so go easy on him. Um, I'm very excited about this episode. This is one of my favorite episodes to do every single year. Um, I bought a new bowling ball this week. I have been bowling like crap in my bowling leagues. And uh, they're opening up training camp to fans. And I am so pumped for that. Yeah, let's talk about that, that they're going to be opening up training camp to fans. Jordan Renan. Um, reported that they're going to, which they hadn't done since 2019. Uh, 2020, they couldn't because of COVID. 2021, they couldn't because they were lazy. Um, but glad they're back. And we're going to be there for every single uh, one. Like, I'm going to go to Jersey for that. We'll, you know, get an Airbnb near the place. We're going to show up with the van every single day. Um, and we're going to live stream every day. I'm very excited to get back into training camp. Yeah, um, 2019 training camp was the time that I really like worked the hardest in my early days of, you know, doing this Giants thing. And it was a lot of fun. And you really do get to learn a lot about a football team when you're when you are in training camp. And this training camp is going to be huge to see what Brian Dable's doing, what Wink Martindale's doing, where are these guys going to be lining up? And you do get a vibe of how the team is going to do in training camp. I'm sorry. It's not just, oh, saving saving all the plays or... No, you get a vibe of how the team is going to do by, by watching these guys in practice day in and day out. And hopefully we get a lot of opportunities to do so. So it's the most fun time of the year, at least for me, because your record's 0-0 and you have all the optimism on your side. And the fact that we're going to be there every day that it is available to the public, that makes me super, super excited. Yeah, so if you're there, come hang out, come say hi with us. And then if you're not there, we'll give you live streams to give you updates on what's happening every single day. Maybe not like full hour live streams. Um, but you know, giving people daily content out of it besides our regular episodes and player profiles and projections. Um, so, so glad the new regime is doing, I still hope they keep a fan day. They should still do the fan the day. fan fest. Yeah, they should, yeah, they the should do fest. a fan fest. Most teams do both. There's no reason for them to not do the fan fest anymore. Cause that was super fun. I mean, that was the most fun part about last year is getting together with people, whether it is at tailgates, but the fan fest was just the, you know, the accumulation of just everybody getting together, having a great time, and uh, they should do that again, absolutely. Yeah, which they so they you freaking if you're listening, Giants uh, have a fan fest. 
Um, before we get into the 53-man roster projection, this episode was brought to you by one person, Matt Darnowski. He's got a nice red Eli jersey in his profile picture, Justin. Nice. You're wearing red once again. <laughs> Can uh, I, I really want a psycho, and I say psycho in a good way, psycho talking Giants listener to go back in the archives and just make a tally of how many times I'm wearing red for episodes. Because it's just the thing. I didn't, I didn't even think about it this morning. But Bobby Skinner has it in my head of, like, every time that he sees me, I'm wearing red. And also, Bobby Skinner's wearing a, a, a neon green, the work shirt, like I brought up in the Andrew Thomas interview. So, a psycho talking Giants listener, go back and make a tally of how many times I wear red on YouTube. Um, so, speaking of red, who is this guy? Matt. Went to patreon.com slash talk of giants. Along with some of the perks, one of the things that you that you are able to do is you are now a voter for the Tony Award. And I'll tell you what, somebody's making a push for that Tony Award. Oh yeah, Jordan Renan is definitely, you know, kissing ass for a Tony Award. Which we told them that's the play. Is the, yes, that's what you have to do. Is to do that, you know, that makes you know the Patreon members happy. Um, but yeah, he was, he was, you know, oh, great podcast, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it was just like, relax, dude. He brought up, uh, no, I'm not going to tell him to relax. Keep going. No, keep going. But he brought up the, uh, the story of Andrew Thomas was like, can Hey, can we, uh, can we take that post down when he was catching the, the touchdown passes when he was catching practice, uh, uh, was catching passes in practice before he did it against the Bucks. And it was Jordan Ronan. Jordan Ronan said on his show that he was the one who recorded it. And he was like, no. I am not going to take it down. So he brought up that story, and then he, uh, and then he gave us some nice compliments. I like it. Yeah, which I know is tough for him because he doesn't like to give other people compliments. He's kind of the same way I am with that. Where it's like I, I don't, I don't like giving people compliments. You know, um, if well, if, I love you, Bobby. If I, if I'm not mad at you, that means I'm, I'm, I think you're doing all right. So, um, so Patreon.com/slash Talking Giants, two dollars a month, get a free sticker, um. And uh chance at, at free shirts with raffles, all that good stuff. Patreon.com slash talking giants. Alright, let's get into the fifty-three man roster. We'll start with the offense as always, Justin. Quarterback. Jones, Terod Taylor, and we're both keeping Davis Webb, right? Yes. But there was also a part of me making this fifty-three man roster prediction today saying, Why not just make him the QB coach if you love him that much? Yeah, I think it's kind of having like that assistant. Key. Like, I think it's Brian Dable values him so much, but also it's like he wants, like he would have, he would have rather been the QB coach for Buffalo, you know. And then yeah. you know this makes so it's like he's essentially like the assistant QB coach. Um, and again, like everyone in Buffalo valued Davis Webb a lot, you know. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, Shea Tierney, you know, was uh, obviously beloved there too. Uh, so if it's you know, if we're just talking about like, hey, do you keep three QBs on the roster? No, but Davis Webb's kind of being used as that uh, assistant coach, as that third quarterback on the roster, kind of the same way that Tanny was in 2019 and 2018. I guess. Well, no, he was a straight backup in 2018. In 2019, yeah. he was kept as like as that guy. I'm cool with it. With for this year, first year, Brian Dable, new offense, new everything. Davis Webb gets the terminology of stuff. But next year, it's either be QB2 or be a QB coach or be on the staff, right? I mean, that's that's my mentality. I don't want two years in a row having three quarterbacks with somebody who's just not never going to see the field. Ideally, you'd like him on the practice squad um, like Buffalo did. Now, Buffalo didn't, you know, like the 
unlike the Giants, we're probably not going to lose a bunch of stat coaches from our offense like they lost. Um, you know, they lost Dable, which in turn made uh, Dorsey the OC. So now they have, don't have a QB coach. Tierney uh, came with Dable to Buffalo. Um, so ideally, you'd like to have him on the practice squad the way Buffalo did. But obviously, it doesn't make as much, nearly as much money. So uh, I think th- I think this will be Davis Webb's last year as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I hope they keep him around because clearly he is valuable. And if somebody has talked about that much and if you're getting like Dan Duggan athletic articles written about you, <laughs> you know, in terms of that's how valuable you are to, you know, two different teams, then I hope he stays around in some way, shape or form. You know, make him the QB coach if he's that valuable. So it's it's still wild to me that it's 2022 and we're talking about Davis Webb. He's 20. He's going to be he's 27 years old right now. And he was in line to be Josh Allen's QB coach. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not talking about as far as him compared to Josh Allen. I'm talking about him as as once was the replacement for Eli Manning in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, people forget that he took Baker Mayfield's job and only lost his starting job to Patrick Mahomes at at the, to, at Texas Tech. Yeah, that's that's what held him back. Yeah. And then transferred him transferred to Cal. That's um, tough. That's what held him back. I was excited for Davis Webb. Never never turned anything to him. Paul Dettino uh, was excited too. All right, we got three quarterbacks. Now, running back. Um, Saquon Barkley is an obvious. Are we both Matt Breida RB2? Yes. Who's your RB3? Because I think this is a one that will... You have Gary Brightwell, who was a draft pick last year. You have Ja'Shawn Corbin, who was the UDFA. Everyone falls in love with the UDFA running back every single year. Um, and then Antonio Williams, who they signed from Buffalo. I have Antonio Williams. Why? Um, number one, personal bias. There you go. Number two, more pro experience. Think he's going to be a little bit more ready than Deshaun Corbin. Yeah, one, Gary Brightwell was never in play for me. No. And no bias at all. Like, watch Antonio Williams in that one game versus the Dolphins in the NFL. You know, he looked pretty good. Like, he he looked like he had better ability than Deshaun Corbin on some stuff. So, yeah, I'm picking Antonio Williams. I, I think Antonio Williams could come in and be the RB3. And he has very limited... You know, like that, like that film versus Miami, um, was to me was more impressive than like you know Deshaun Corbin's film versus Notre Dame to me, um, uh, you know, and obviously Antonio Williams had good college tape as well, uh, you know when he was at North Carolina, uh, so yeah, I, I'm going Antonio Williams. I think he's just, I I think he's the best. Like he he hits the hole hard. You know, he can put you know get you know get behind his shoulder pads. You know, again go. Go search out, out Bob, at Bobby Skinner underscore Antonio Williams and click video, and you'll see the the, the runs from that game. Uh, I, I really think he will win that RB3 spot. Yeah, and I even think, like, I was thinking yards after contact. Yards after contact and churning the legs where, you know, your RB3, you know, probably isn't going to be anything fantastic, but when he gets the ball in his hands, can he, can he get you four or five yards on somewhat of a consistent basis and keep the running game on schedule. And this isn't anything against Deshaun Corbin. I mean, he was a guy that's close and he's like a fringe player. Um, And and this should be a camp battle, right? Like, I'm not just saying that Antonio Williams should make the team. Like, it should be an Antonio Williams versus Deshaun Corbin. And Brightwell in there, too, if he can do it. So it should be an RB3 camp battle. Um, And those two guys are, you know, the front runners of RB3 for me. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, running back two is not super solidified with Matt Breida. Um, speaking of on, he, he brought up Devontae Booker, which I've been, you know, stole that talking point for me that Devontae Booker is still available. Um, so, okay. So three running backs, you didn't throw a fourth in there. No. All right. There's one person you could consider running back, but I have him in the tight end room cause he's H back. 
giving it away. Wide receiver. So Galladay, Tony, Shepard, Slayton, Shepard, and Robinson are guarantees. Do you, is Slayton an automatic for you, or do you see him as like you save, you know, uh, you know, a million and a half by cutting him? I almost wanted to ask, like, is Slayton a guarantee? I wanted to ask you that too. I have him on there because of the first four guys, or at least three of them, be you know, Shepard, Galladay, Tony. You know, they're they have the tendency to miss time. So I don't think Darius Slayton should be a guy that you just Absolutely. say, all right, goodbye to, because maybe he doesn't, I don't know, because he doesn't play enough special teams time. So he should be a wide receiver five heading into this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. He should be on the roster. Whatever cap the, you know, with the top 51 rule, he would save, I think, like 1.7 mil, maybe, uh, if he were cut. Uh, absolutely. One, you mentioned the injury things. And Slayton will get, like, he he will, if if they just let him walk after this year, he will get enough of a contract to mess with the comp formula. Uh, yeah. regard, maybe you know, maybe the Giants won't be getting comp because maybe they'll sign two big contracts or something. But if they're not, he could uh, he could influence the comp pick formula. Uh, so, and again, you have Shepard, who never healthy and coming off the worst injury of his career. Tony, who uh, has missed games for five different reasons, just and went he just got a, knee surgery, a, yeah, minor mi- knee surgery, minor surgery, and then Galday, who. Uh, has missed games most mostly most years too. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keeping Darius Slayton on the on the roster. So that's five right there. Um, do you have a six wide receiver? I do. Who is? I it? do. It's CJ Board. I put Robert Robert Foster. You know what? And not to just give away some fringe guys, but Robert Foster was third on my list of barely missed the cut. Okay. Yeah, it's he's fast, you know, and he did have a little bit of production. Um, what was it? Either tw- I think in 2019, you know, when that wide receiver core for the Bills was pretty screwed up. And he also went to Alabama when Brian Dable was the offense coordinator. Yeah, so I, I kind of like Robert Foster when I watch him as that six wide receiver. The other name was Richie James Jr. Um, he, he hasn't had like he's a returner, but has he had that much success returning kicks in the NFL? Not really. He has one one kick return for a touchdown. Um, so I'm not the biggest Richie uh, James Jr. CJ Board, blah. Uh, and then people are gonna be mad. David Sills not on. David Sills doesn't make no. the cut. It's over. The David Sills. Uh, it's it's fun. It'll be fun in the preseason. Um, but I think Sills Army. I think you should be taking some pictures and you know, uh, you know, smelling the flowers a little bit because it's. It's coming to a close, I believe. Touch grass. I hate Even when the, people say that. No, I do too. I think he'll <laughs> probably stay on the practice squad, though. Like it's the Joan Sills thing is is so weird, but I do think he'll stay on the practice squad. But I think it's time to say goodbye to David Sills. As a, well, he's never really made the fifty-three man roster no. on his own merit. Always do the somebody's going to get hurt, and David Sills is going to play in a game. Led the Giants in receiving week seventeen last year. Wow. All right here, but here's my here's my case for CJ Board. You made a case about Foster. My my case for CJ Board is that there does need to be somebody who does play special teams, and CJ Board is that guy. While also being a wide receiver who lines up there, and you don't feel like he's an absolute just liability as especially wide receiver five or wide receiver six. So, what I one of my favorite things about constructing this roster this year is that I was able to say to myself, okay, this is the last guy in the depth chart. 
he can play a little bit of the position if need be, but also I know he can play special teams. That was one of the, my favorite things about making this depth chart, saying, oh, this guy's going to be a special teamer. Cool, and he's the last guy on the depth chart. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and C.J. Board is like the type of special teamer, like you said, that you can use because, like, hey, you can throw him in there in a pinch. Um, tight end. I think this is where opinions will kind of go a little bit. So Cody Bellinger is a lock, obviously, is a fourth-round pick. Cody Bellinger. God, I got thinking about baseball. Baseball. About that? Stupid baseball. What are we doing here? Is Ricky Seals Jones on it for you? Ricky Seals Jones is tight end too. Yeah. As well as for me. Tight end three. I went back and forth because I actually don't love this guy. Um, But I, you know who I definitely don't love is Jordan Akins. Like he's a receiving tight end who doesn't do well receiving. And he was paired up with Deshaun Watson. I'm going Austin Allen as tight end three. I have Jordan Akins. Are we really going to roll out two out of our three tight ends as rookies, one of them being a UDFA? Are we really going to do that? Yes. What is Jordan? I, Jordan Akins to me is like, he's like a nothing for me. I know, but he is like pro experience. I mean, Bobby, you look up and down this roster. I really want to do this on the defensive side of the ball because we really haven't run into this quote unquote issue on the offensive side of the ball, and at least not yet. But tight end just being one of those spots of we this just being so young and being so inexperienced that if Daniel Bellinger, who is this day two pick, you know, kind of like a mid kind of player to use a, a young person expression, you know, it, it's tough. It's a tough situation. I feel like we need guys that have NFL snaps in their careers on the team. But Akins is also 30 years old, you know, because he tried to play baseball before, uh, you know, football. Um I feel like he has NFL experience because he was drafted in the third round. And he's you know, also he, on the Texans, who have been bad. Yeah. And with Deshaun Watson, like his best season was in 13 games, he had 400 yards, 31 yards per game, which isn't horrible. But he also has drop issues, uh, can't block. I'm, I'm just I'm, – I'm giving a swing to my third tight end, like being Austin Allen. And if, if guys get hurt and you need a receiving threat out there that Austin Allen is not going to be, then you sign some – you sign Jordan Akins off the street. And also, this is why training camp is going to be so interesting to see what the personal grouping frequencies are going to be like. Because if this were the Giants in 2021, where Jason Garrett, Joe Judge like to run these 13 personnels, then yeah, we're, we're, we're actually kind of like stressing about tight end three, about what's that going to look like. But if this is Brian Dable with 11 personnel, 10 personnel spreading out the field, only using one tight end at a time, or you know maybe even sometimes the tight ends aren't even putting their hands in the ground all that often, then... My third tight end being a UDFA, ideally he's not seeing the field all that often. I'm feeling a little bit better than that versus last year where tight end three was actually used somewhat frequently. So if that is the case, very, very cool with Austin Allen. I'm more excited about Austin Allen being tight end three than Jordan Aikens, but it's just what I would do. And then I threw Jeremiah Hall in this group uh, as the H-back slash fullback out of Oklahoma, the UDFA. He's To me, he's... To me, if there's any UDFA, it's like, who, which UDFA makes the roster? To me, the easiest answer would be Jeremiah Hall, simply because the position he plays between, you know, tight end, fullback, um, and, you know, tailback carries it in a pinch. Jeremiah Hall also made my roster. Um, I actually was flirting with either Austin Allen being considered like this H-back, but I know we had a conversation, and that's not really like what he does, actually, at least extremely well. Jeremiah Hall did make my roster. He is listed as a fullback on the Giants website. So I have fullback slash H-back on my document, Jeremiah Hall. And he's the only fullback that is listed on the Giants roster right now. Yeah, so Jeremiah Hall making the roster. All right, offensive tackle. 
Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal. Who's your third tackle? I So we're doing with Parrot is that he's not like, we're not going to pretend magically that he's fully healthy, but we're going to pretend like he came back to camp two weeks in and they're like going in. I, I went Cunningham. You know, I, I know Matt Gano might be a, a, a name here, but Matt Gano missed all of last year with a neck injury and it never was even disclosed. Like we don't even know what the details behind that and he's got very little experience. I'm, I'm going to go Corey Cunningham as that third tackle which isn't a great no uh, spot honestly like swing tackle is not great for the giants right now if parrot's not ready and even if parrot is ready he's not a great option either i kind of just gave you a, a a double take when you said Corey cunningham because that he's not a good he's not a good player um i'm going matt parrot i wanted to go matt parrot it's just like i don't know how how good he'll be ever all after an offseason of not really getting to work on football as much but he's, he's walking around. He's moving around pretty deep. I want it to be Matt Parrott, but I, I, I went Corey Cunningham. I think he's capable. I mean, people have all – I think be, people don't like Matt Parrott because they put all the expectation on the world on him to be the right tackle and then the fact that he couldn't beat out Nate Solder. But every you know time what? He, Can I say something? I was actually thinking about this the other day with Matt Parrott. I, I, I'm not buying – and it was actually – I don't know why I was watching Rob Sale clips. Uh, maybe it was sure. because the assistant coach is talking. Matt Parrott did beat out Nate Solder. Nate Solder sucked. Remember the excuses that Rob... It kind of made me hate Rob Sale, even though I didn't hate him on the way out. Was like, oh, he need to be more aggressive. Intense. Like, yeah. shut the hell up. Like, like, like you talking about Nate Solder, dude? Like, we're making memes of this guy uh, having a picnic on the field, talking about being <laughs> aggressive, just getting bullied over. Like, that still pisses me off that they never, that not one game... Did they say, you know what, let's let's make Matt Parrott the starter over Nate Solder? Because guess what? And then when they put Nate Solder at left tackle versus Dallas, he was getting bullied all game to where they made Matt Parrott the left tackle. So he's more capable to cover the blind side than Nate Solder. It's, oh, well, Solder, his sets were a little off. Solder had been playing left tackle his entire career. His entire career. Matt Parrott didn't play left tackle in college. He played right tackle in college. So I'm, I'm still pissed off about that, that Matt Parrott never started at right tackle. And Matt Parrott has never been able to gain any kind of momentum or gain any kind of comfortability with playing any position, right tackle, left tackle, anything. So, and the should have started when, every single game at right tackle last year. And when we've seen Matt Parrott, he's been okay at best. So um, that's why I think he fits swing tackle okay. Also, I think it's it comes down to as well years of control. Like if you want to put Matt Gano there, okay, cool. One year. You have two more years of control of Matt Parrott, and I do think that plays into effect here. I think Matt Parrott didn't look like looked okay at right tackle, left tackle. He was very bad. Um, not as bad as Solder, but bad. So, I, but I'm I'm I want it to be Matt Parrott, but I'm just I'm I'm playing it safe with Corey Cunningham. Yeah. All right, guard, Glowinski, Azudu or Locks? Are we locking Shane Lemieux in there? Because I am. Yes, yeah, Shane Lemieux should start. Yes. I think he should start week one. And then because he's a draft pick, I put Marcus McKeithen in there. Did you? Yes. Yeah, you don't wanna you know, you don't want to take a chance of losing a draft pick to waivers. Um so that's I mean, that's four guards. Um we'll actually talk about one of the other guards when we talk about center. Um so we I guess we could talk and so center. We both for this exercise, we just put Nick Gates on the pup list. Yes. So Nick Gates doesn't count. We're not cutting Nick Gates, but we're not counting him for this. So John Feliciano Who's your backup center? 
I I guess it's Max Garcia. I don't have like Max Garcia is my last lineman. Did Over you already ben mention? Bredesen? Did you already mention Josh Azudu? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So he's on the not team. as a center, but but no, no, no. But I'm just saying in general, like Max Garcia is my last lineman. So you like Max Garcia over Ben Bredesen? They've both been practicing at center. Yes, I like Max Garcia better than Ben Bredesen. So yes. do I. I. I didn't like Ben Bredesen every time he played last year. Um, I would I would prefer that Ben Bredesen's good enough to beat Max Garcia. That would be ideal. But I'm putting I'm putting Max Garcia as that guy. Ben Bredesen's not part of long term plans as a starter. Um, so I'm not worried about him being young and you know this being his his third year in the NFL. Um, so yes, I, I also made Max Garcia. And if you want to bet on these type of things, slide in the stacks of cash this baseball wow. season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. New new customers can bet just five dollars on any team to win and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets, no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during MLB season with DraftKings same game parlays? You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many bases will be stolen, total runs, and more. It's your shot at an even uh, bigger payout. Pay, I've been watching the 1995 Seattle Mariners recently. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you get a deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet just $5 and get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That's promo code JOHNBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in Major League Baseball. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Justin. So that's that's the offense, right? Yeah, that's the offense. Josh Rivas is another lineman that you can maybe make an argument that makes it UDFA. Um, Jamil Douglas, I was going back and forth on him too, but yeah. then I then I remembered it's like, well, I didn't really know much about him to begin with. Just knew that he was a veteran guy that's 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 on this team. So So out of fifty out of fifty non special team spots, twenty five of us we both had twenty five on offense. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we're gonna be even out. Alright, on the defensive side, this position was the one I had the toughest time with. Because there's not a lot of great options. Defensive line. So, Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence are locks. Yeah. I put Justin Ellis in there, like, very comfortably, like, n- like not even thinking about it. Agreed. And you need you need five guys for this spot, man. Nope, I, I have four. You, you had four, okay. I have four, and I'll tell you why. Because four. I think the Giants are going to run more two defense alignment sets this year than three defense alignment sets, where I think in previous years... Now, 2021, they ran a lot of two defense line sets. So I I think that's coming. I think there's more outside linebackers that they want to use on this team than interior defense alignment. So who's your your guy? I have Chris Hinton. See, I like Chris Hinton more than DJ Davidson. And I put put Chris Hinton on there. But Chris Hinton, I don't think, is going to be able to be a nose tackle. And you you need someone to be a, a backup nose tackle to Ellis. So I put DJ Davidson and Chris Hinton, you know, and D- Davidson is obviously the draft pick out of uh, Arizona State. So you have Davidson as a back to Ellis and then Hinton as the rotate. It is crazy, Justin, if you would have talked to us last year and you talk about how strength, how much of a strength DB is, how deep defensive tackle is. And now it's two of the weakest spots on the team. They're bad. It's not good. You know, at least with defensive tackles, like your guys that are going to play the majority of snaps are good with uh, Lane Williams and Dexter Lawrence. But after that, it sucks. I mean, B.J. Hill was the fifth guy going this time last year. Raymond yep. Johnson was the sixth guy. 
Um, it's kind of frustrating. So I put five, you put four. I would love to put four, but I, it's, I just need to throw a backup nose tackle in there. Jalen uh, Holmes? Is that guy you were thinking about? So I was thinking about Jalen Holmes over Chris Hinton. Um, but I was just like, you know what? Let me let me go with the young guy. Let me go with something, you know, a little something, a little no UDFA. Chris, Hinton. that was that was my thought process. So you have five interior defense alignment. Yeah, I did think about Jalen Holmes though. So um, you have was, Chris, you have Chris Hinton and DJ Davidson. Yeah, my decision okay. was I had to keep DJ Davidson because I needed a nose tackle, and and I'm not a David Moa wasn't. You know, I would rather have Davidson than Moa. And so my decision was between Hinton and Jalen Holmes. And it's like, you know what? Jalen Holmes has had a lot of time to be a good player in the NFL and never has been. So yeah. um, so I, I went Chris Hinton there. But that was that was probably one of the tougher decisions I had was yep. Chris Hinton. So you have five, I have four. All right, Edge. Kayvon Aziz are locks. Quincy Roche is a lock for me. Quincy Roche on there for you? Yes. Who's your fourth guy? I have Jihad Ward. Do you have a fifth guy? I do. Is it Ellerson Smith? Yes, it is. I have Ellerson Smith, too. I'm only keeping four. I, I got no use for Jihad Ward. That's fair. I mean, I don't... I, it's... Ellerson is at least young and can turn to something. Jihad Ward is what he is at this point. I don't want him to be a part of the rotation. Ellerson... Eller, and I, I only want to be a three-man rotation, really, unless Ellerson Smith proves himself in that role. Yeah, you want to know? I'm even looking at it at it now. No, so, no, O'Shane Zimenez thoughts in there. No, no, he's, I would. Al- he's gone. I, I'd almost. I don't think it. O'Shane might like. I might like O'Shane more than Jihad Ward, which is saying something. But you know what, Bobby? Like, so now the conversation starts. Kayvon Thibodeau's a rookie. Aziz Ojolari is in his second year. Quincy Roche is in his second year. Ellerson Smith had barely played his first year. This is what? Where? Where is the leadership in that room? Where is it? You going to Jihad Ward for leadership? I don't know, man. And and that was one of our points that we talked about on a mailbag a couple weeks ago. Is yeah, like Jihad Ward, who you know, Kayvon Thibodeau really going to listen to what Jihad Ward has to say? It's it's tough, tough. Yeah, this defense is not good. What twenty four is the oldest guy? <laughs> I mean, putting together this defensive part of this was really like painful. It's like ill, ill, ill. Inside linebacker was like the only fun one. Yeah. All right, so you got five, I've got four. I've got Kayvon Aziz, Roche, and Ellison. You added Jihad Ward to it. Um, yeah. Anybody else from that group that we didn't kind of mention? That you know, Timon Fox? Timon, I wanted to put Timon Fox, but I couldn't responsibly do it. But I wanted yeah, to I put agree. Timon Fox on there. But you know what? Timon Fox will make it to the practice squad, so I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Nico um, Lelos? Give him some love? I love Nico, but he's a practice squad guy. Yeah, I don't think he fits uh, Wink Martindale's, like, Hey, just crash on a gap and be an athletic. Freak. But I hope Nico Lelos is on our practice squad for the next ten years. Yes, um, he will. He will be a name I always remember for the New York Giants. Nico Lebron. Lelos. Lebron yeah. was a Giant fan for about two weeks. That was so funny when it was like, it was like you know, it's like it's game day morning versus the Bengals, and Lebron's tweeting about the Giants, um, and then uh, they're just like, oh yeah, we talked about this. He went to Saint. We talked about this in the UDFA episode. Yeah. And also then he a had a turnover in two two straight games. He had a hundred percent of his games. He had he had a uh, interception and then a fumble return. Yep. All right. So linebacker Blake. How Martinez. many do you have? Linebackers. Yeah, I got five. I have six. Six. Okay. Blake Martinez. Tay Crowder. Tay Crowder's making this roster. 
the two draft picks in uh, McFadden and Beavers. Michael McFadden and Darian Beavers, the fourth round pick and sixth round pick. And I threw Carter Coffin in there. He's capable of special teams. He's fun. He's interesting. He's got versatility. I, I kept Carter Coughlin, um on this roster as my fifth. So my six are Martinez, Crowder, McFadden, Darian Beavers, Carter Coughlin, and I have Cam Brown. Is Cam Brown an inside linebacker or an outside linebacker? I don't really think it matters because, again, I'm I'm keeping him around because he is a very, very good special teamer. True that. True do that. that, that. Um, so now that I'm thinking, Bobby, I'm thinking that it's maybe a little bit redundant to have Jihad Ward on the roster while also keeping Carter Coffin because I, I kind of want Carter Coffin to get edge reps as well. Yeah. I just got no use for Cam Brown. Yeah, I don't know. Are they going to use him as a gunner? Yeah, why not? He was great. He was great at it last year. I have gi- I have gifts of Cam Brown in preseason being a gunner. He was and he was awesome. Yeah, he was great at it in preseason. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm out on Cam Brown. I know there's okay. some Cam Brown stands, um, and I love him for it. But I'm I'm out on Cam Brown. I right, cornerback Adore Adore Jackson, Aaron Robinson, Darnay Holmes, Cordell Flott. That's four. How many guys did you put at this spot? I have six. Where are you fitting all these guys? I I, I checked twice, and I do have fifty three. Oh yeah, you took out a defense defense alignment, so you only have four safeties then. Correct. Okay, I have five safeties. So I put Rodarius Williams in there. Who did did you? Yes, I do have Rodarius Williams. So we have six. Who I put Maurice Kennedy. We have the same corners. I thought about doing Jaquette because he's a little bigger and longer. But it's like, you know what, Maurice Kennedy has more pro experience. Um, and Jaquette was horrible in that limited time playing. Uh, so I, I threw Maurice Kennedy in there, someone who's got a little NFL experience. Yeah, and there's somebody else who we have. He's a corner. We got Jared him from. Williams? No, well, Jaron Williams, he was a former. He, he was on the Giants. But uh, Khalil Dorsey, corner yeah. from Baltimore. He's two, he's 5'9". He's going to be a slot guy, and we, know, we never, have enough slot I don't think guys. he's even played a defensive rep. In the, he only played special teams reps. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm Khalil Dorsey. It was between Kennedy and Jaquette. Um, but I would like to see maybe Jaron get in there. People forget Jaron Williams was a Talking Giants Instagram commenter. Like He was Ooh, commenting yeah. on some of our memes, um, which was which is always good. So, Maurice Kennedy, how about that? You are a New York Giant. Safety, I did five. So, you, know, you did four. Xavier McKinney, Julian Love, Dane Belton, those are locks. Yep. I put Henry Black as my fourth. Wow. He played snaps for the Packers every single week. You know, he only had two times where he played less than 15% of the snaps. He's going to contribute on special teams, obviously. Um, and they used him as that third safety every essentially every single week of the season. Wasn't very good at it, but they did use it to on a very good defense that the Green Bay Packers have. Um, and I'm putting a pro as my fourth safety. Yeah, Yusuf Corker is my fourth safety. I'm kind of regretting that now. Maybe uh, I'm still going to stick with this 53 man, but you kind of secondary does not have any experience. Um, Henry Black has experience, so maybe I would replace Henry Black with um, Cam Brown. Maybe. Too late. Too late. Um, I also have Yusuf Corker on the team, though. I I like Yusuf, so I did keep him. I'm keeping five safeties on this team. Um, And then three special teamers, Graham Gano, James Gillian, and Casey Kreider. All right, Justin, who are your last four to make the roster? So essentially this is like you have your depth at each spot, and this is like, hey, I'm throwing the extra guy in there. Yeah, barely missed the cut. Um, kind of talked about each of them a little bit. Austin Allen, 
tight end, Matt Gano, offense tackle, Robert Foster, wide receiver, and then Jalen Holmes, interior defense alignment. Yeah, my my last four out were Ben Bredesen, Matt Parrott, uh, Jordan Akins, and then uh, then Jalen Holmes. Those are those are my last my last four out. My 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 first four out. My last four in were Carter Coughlin, Robert Foster, Yusuf Corker, and Maurice Kennedy. All right, Justin, why don't you read an ad and then we'll do giant stories. Bring yeah. it back. Yeah. Wow. So Manscaped nicely just sent us some more stuff, and one of the things that I was surprised to see is that they have launched new boxers. That's why, that's right, sweaty sack summer is approaching, and it's time for you to prioritize the comfort of your crotch. That's why the kings of crotch comfort, Manscaped, has spent two years, it's a long time, designing the most comfortable boxer briefs out there. I've had the honor of testing these out. Yes, I have. And I could say that it's the softest fabric of any underwear. So breathable that it's like gills for your groin. Can you imagine if if we had gills on our groin? I think that'd be quite comfortable. Uncomfortable. What's your what's your uncomfortable? Uncomfortable. It'd be wet. It's true. It's true. They even trademarked the jewel pouch, and I and I can verify that it is trademarked because there is a TM next to pouch. So you know it's serious. I think it's time you invest in your family jewels. So let your bulge breathing at twenty percent off plus free shipping by using code Giants at Manscaped.com. Have the first version of the Manscaped underwear very very comfortable. Second version of the Manscaped underwear probably going to be bringing it to North Carolina because when you're sitting at that race. And everything's sweating, you know, your back's sweating, armpits are sweating. I know one place that's going to not be a pool is my crotch. Put that vision in your head. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Giants at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code Giants at Manscaped.com. Once the Boxers 2.0 touch your sack, you'll never go back. Really? All right. Um, giant stores. It's been a while. It's been like almost two months, honestly. You ready? Yeah, Julian just sent me a disturbing photo. I'm going to see if I can show it to you. He put your face on Joe Shane's face. I don't like those face morphing pictures. Do you see it? Do you see it? I see that it's morphed. It doesn't look good. Oh, wait, there it is. Oh, that's on Joe Shane. I thought Brian Dable's face. No, Joe Shane. Uh, No, I don't like it. You don't like it? No. I don't like it either. Although he did, Julian also made that little, sh- like the Wandale Robinson picture that made him look shorter. And now it's going around. Yeah. And I didn't, I was like, I was like, I'm not going to tweet that out. It's just kind of like, it's, it's mean, you know? And then someone, uh, someone grabbed it and t- tweeted it. So, you know, pat, credit to Julian. And Julian also made this with the, with the dragon, the Game of Thrones dragon. And it's, it's a burning down MetLife Stadium. I hate Game of Thrones, but I like that. Well, that yeah, that's uh, we're, we're we're fans of that. All right, Justin, play the music. There's no music. There should be play the music on the podcast app at least, because at least they can't they can. It's not as awkward. All right, Giant Stores. Andrew Thomas was at a red carpet event. Sports Illustrated. Blake Martinez was at an Eric Church Church concert. Ricky Seals Jones was at a Texas A&M reunion. With uh, between some football guys, guess who was there? Colin Gillespie. John it is Earth Day, my dudes. Jeremiah Hall was at West Point's graduation. Uh, Tyrod Taylor was golfing. Scumbag Alex Bachman was golfing, and a hawk 
took his ball but left an egg where his ball was. So he had a hawk egg. Kayvon Thibodeau was throwing out the first pitch at the Yankee game. Nick Gates and Matt Perra were also at that Yankee game with our friend, license plate guy. All of our friends. Jalen Holmes was also at a Yankee game, but he was at a different Yankee game on Tuesday. And then Leonard Williams was at the Rangers game with Justin Tuck. Uh, what piques your interest? Did Leonard Williams and Justin Tuck sit together? Yeah. That's fun. I we like tweeted that. that from the Talking Giants account. I like that. Uh, Dable is undefeated at Rangers games. I'm... Uh, I don't care about hockey enough to be like a Salty's Rangers fan, so I'm actually kind of happy for Rangers fans. Good for New York. Energy. Yeah. Life. You know, but like if the Devils were good, I would hate it. But it's like the Devils are so bad that I could care less about if the Rangers are good right now. I was kind of jealous that, you know, I wasn't wasn't up there to go to the Yankee game with LPG and, and Gates and Parrot, you know. But it, it is what it is. Hey, feel um, out of the loop. I mean, I wasn't here. No, no, I'm, no, I'm, I'm saying me. Kayvon's uh, first pitch was pretty high and outside, high and inside. That wasn't a great first pitch by Kayvon. No, but at least, right. it, at least it didn't bounce. I, to- I told you, if I do get the opportunity, and someone freaking stole this from me, I saw it, it was at a minor league game. If if I get the opportunity to throw out a pit, first pitch of a baseball game, I'm curl hopping it into the stands. Um, in fact, one of our listeners, Michael, I, I won't say his name because I think he likes to be a little more anonymous because he's a bigger person. But he's like, I'm trying. He's like, I want to get you to freaking throw a first pitch out <laughs> at a minor league baseball game. Um, and then pretty crazy to get like a hawk egg by Alex Bachman. I was going to say that's actually pretty nice of the hawk to leave an egg where the golf ball was. So, you know, so, you know, where to place the ball. He should have cooked it. He didn't. That'd be kind of ruthless. Well, what is he going to do? He's not going to raise a... Ba- You're not going to incubate a hawk egg and I raise I would like it. that. I would think about it. It's not going to happen, though. We I'd raised baby it. squirrels when we cut them out of the tree before. Um, do you like Eric Church? Blake Martinez is at an Eric Church concert. I don't know if I could see that. Is he a country boy? I don't know. Maybe his wife is. He's, he's kind of a pokey... I don't, th- I don't think you could be a Pokemon anime weirdo no i was mean say we're being mean to blake martinez again i don't know if you could be that and also like a country boy i don't know if that mixes i mean listening to country music today isn't being a country boy you're right you're right a lot of people up north think that they are but they're not today's country music is trash and then we'll get comments saying that all country music trash and that's your opinion but i actually like some of the 90s stuff all right um do you do we like Blake Martinez's sleeve? Have you have you taken an in depth look at the at the tattoos? No, I'm not a big sleeve fan in general. I don't think anyone should get a sleeve. Yeah, I'm, if, I mean, if it's, of... I'm not if it's your thing, dude. I'm not going to judge you, but I don't think any like I don't like I don't think a sleeve looks good on anybody. He got that quick. He 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 must have gotten all of them after he got hurt because I remember seeing it periodically when he would be on the practice field um, last season after he got hurt. So it was some, and then basically. Once the offseason hit, or once we saw him again after he restructured his deal, he had the whole sleeve done. I'm like, oh, that was very quick. It's, I'm just not a tattoo guy in general, honestly. No. They gave me the heebie-jeebies. I don't like I'm glad anything. when I wanted to get tattoos, I was broke, because they would have been so stupid, and I would 100% regret them. Like, my brother and sister got tattoos, and it's like, these are so stupid. Like, the, like, your tattoos are... I, I told him. I was like, these, I didn't do it to my sister because that's mean to do this. But I told my brother. I was like, this... I was like, this tattoo is so stupid. <laughs> what I is it? 
it it's I don't even, it's not even like anything like bad, but it was just like it's just a stupid tattoo. Oh. Um my mother after she got divorced has a bow on her wrist and they kind of look like scissors. So was it was she a like, Native American? No. Um what is what good question. Did she go out bow and arrow hunting? No, no, like it's a bow, like a like a Christmas like not a Christmas oh. bow, but like a bow like you put on top of a a, a gift, right? So I said, are those scissors? Because she got it after she got divorced. So you're cutting away a portion of your life. You're cutting away somebody. She said, no, it's an affirmation bow to tie the things that I have left. I'm like, oh, well, I'm always just going to perceive that as scissors. You're cutting away your husband. Death. Kill him. Just, Bobby just, Skinner, you, just get an actual bow or something. Uh, you know, and I know this is coming off as really judgy right now, but this this is more for me. Um you know, now there, in. Now there is some genius. tattoos I see and I do like. I'm not saying I don't, but it's just, I think a lot of people just get dumb tattoos because they want to get, like, I don't think you should, I, I I don't, I don't, and again, man, there's going to, we're going to get a lot of people that pissed off. And again, I'm not judging you, but like, I would never have the mindset of like, what tattoo should I get? If there's something you really want to get tattooed, do it. But like, I don't know, I'm just not a tattoo guy. This is going to piss a lot of people off. But you know what? You know what? Be comfortable in your own skin and don't worry about what Bobby Skinner says. All right. That's an episode. No. Whoa. I want to start a new segment. When we have time on this show and when I get around to it, um, Justin Stats or you know, Stats That Justin Finds. I'll think of a name. And I'm trying to find the graphic that I put out. I put out two different graphics this week. So I'm worried about the secondary, Bobby. Are you worried about the secondary? Yeah. I'm worried about the defense. So one of the things that I was looking at was the explosive pass play rate of our 2022 opponents and how they did in 2021. And I have good news. The average ranking in explosive pass play that our 22 opponents had last year was a 17.35. The best team is Seattle. They were fourth. Seattle does not have Russell Wilson anymore. The worst team was the Panthers, 31st. We have more games against teams that had bottom 12 explosive pass play rates this year than games versus teams in the top 12. We have eight games versus teams in the bottom 12. We have seven games versus teams in the top 12, one of them being the Seahawks, so basically make it six. The Seahawks are not going to be an explosive offense this year. And then if you also subscribe to DVOA, defense value over average, it's basically an efficiency stat by Football Outsiders, the overall average of our 2022 opponents from what they had in 2021 on the offense side of the ball was a uh, 17.3. The best team was Green Bay. They were second in offensive DVOA. The worst team was the Panthers, 31st. Games versus teams in the top 12, 6. Games versus team in the bottom 12, 7. So, if you're worried about the defense, like I am, they may still be pretty bad, but it helps that we are facing offenses that, number one, aren't very good, and number two, that aren't very explosive. So, there you go. That is stats that Justin finds at the end of the show to buy time. All right. So we're going to win a lot of games this year. Yes. All right. That's an episode. Again, come out to North Carolina, Charlotte's uh, Motor Speedway. We'll be out there towards the front. We'll give you, you know, people, some people have been asking like where exactly going to be. We will let you know where exactly. We'll tweet it, you know, put it from all socials. As soon as we get there, we're going to be there before you get there. So trust me on that. Um, and we're going to we're gonna be towards the front. But we'll take pictures and show you exactly where. But essentially, it's in front of Charlotte Motor Speedway. Um, 
and then buy the cheapest ticket to get into the truck race and we'll all go sit in turn one all the way you know when you go into the track go all we're going to go all the way down to the right so just get the cheapest ticket you can find and and sit in there and, and again uh you can bring your own drinks it's going to be a good time i'm looking forward to it uh so i appreciate you guys so if you're not coming uh sucks for you uh but if you are coming we'll see you there but if for all of you until then let's go big blue <laughs>